Welcome to Career and Leadership Real Talk, the no-nonsense guide for ambitious managers who want to have more impact and progress their career. I'm Pamela Langan, a job search coach and expert CV writer specialising in helping frustrated professionals land the jobs and pay rises they know they deserve. And I'm Jackie Jagger, a leadership and mindset coach specialising in helping newly promoted and new to role leaders to avoid the dickhead trap and lead with confidence. Between us, we've helped hundreds of leaders and managers to find new roles, take ownership of their careers, and handle the challenges that job searches and leadership responsibility inevitably bring. And now we're joining forces to share with you what we know has worked for our clients. Hello and welcome to this week's episode. Today, we are discussing the importance of feedback and its role in your personal and professional growth. So we are gonna be looking at what feedback is useful to you and if you're thinking I always get loads of feedback I don't want to be thinking about any more feedback or getting any more feedback then this is going to be an episode that will be useful for you because we are going to talk about how you can ask for the right kind of feedback how you can be really strategic in asking for that feedback to make sure that you can use the feedback to move you forward so we are going to get stuck in because I know Jackie's got loads of good stuff that she's going to share around how you can ask the feedback that will be useful. So should we start with maybe the definition of feedback and why it's so important for personal and professional growth? Yeah, and I think just listening to what you were saying there just was making me smile because I've definitely been in that place where I was, for God's sake, no more feedback. Everyone, every man and his dog is giving me feedback and my head's blown and I just do not need anyone else telling me their opinions. And I think for me, that's one of the things that's quite useful to differentiate. So when I'm talking about feedback, it's really thinking about it's information and data that can help you to improve your performance in some way. And there is a big distinction to be made between feedback and opinions. And a lot of feedback will be somewhere on a continuum. So it won't just be hard, completely objective factual data, but it will be true in the eyes of the person that's giving it. And I think if you can really learn how to get feedback that is useful to you, that's one of the skills is that what you do is you find that more of the feedback you get is more useful to you, is more specific, is more objective, and less of it is that really generalized. So you can get to a point of being able to filter and start to really mine and use the stuff that can help you to learn and grow but also you can put some distance between you and the stuff that does blow your head a little bit where it's every man and his dog with an opinion which I'm sure all of us that have been in the corporate environment probably relate to being subjected to millions of opinions and you're just like and which one am I meant to listen to? Yeah and I think that's the hard part isn't it because it is differentiating between someone's opinion and someone's genuine feedback and I think when you get a feedback right it really does build trust and it creates those stronger relationships and you can actually take it use it do something with it but I think it's it's making that well understanding that difference between what is just someone's opinion what is actual feedback and how do you get to the point where you are actually receiving that feedback or how can you ask for that feedback I think that's the key isn't it yeah and I think it, it 
It is a skill, but actually it is also relatively straightforward. And I think part of why this doesn't happen as much as it could is because there's a bit of an obsession with leadership development. You know, I certainly see it in my work where there is an assumption that we're going to train people how to deliver feedback. And we've already covered that in an episode, and it's something that people recognize that they need to be able to give feedback and they need to try and make sure that the feedback that they give will hit the right note and will be acted on. But there isn't the same emphasis or there doesn't tend to be the same emphasis on encouraging people to learn how to get feedback and so you know I know we say it feels like every week on this podcast but it's there just isn't the training out there there just isn't that it's not something that people tend to be taken to one side and shown or even asked to consider how to go about it so yeah I think it it is really important and it's also not complicated once you start to break it down. Yeah, and I suppose there's loads of different methods and different techniques, isn't there? One thing that that I used to use or that we used to use in the companies that I've worked for in the past is 360 feedback. What are your views around 360 feedback? Before I answer that one, I guess what I would say is that for 360 or any type of feedback, one of the things that I think is really important is the concept of psychological safety. For feedback to make a difference, whether it's you being on the receiving end or you giving feedback to somebody else, for feedback to make a difference, the person that is on the receiving end of feedback needs to feel safe with receiving that feedback, needs to feel that it is not a threat to them, that somebody else holds that opinion. And I think that's where so many pieces of feedback go wrong is where it activates that threat response where if you use language or you talk about things that create a trigger for somebody that's when that kind of threat response gets activated and then people are into a different mindset and any type of feedback isn't going to be that helpful and I've known 360 feedback to be incredibly helpful and incredibly useful I've also known it where it has been quite damaging because of exactly that element where if you're going to have a company where you've got 360 feedback, you need to make sure that things like the questions that are being asked are being responded to in a way that is less likely to trigger it. So you need the kind of skill of the people giving the feedback, but also people need to then feel able to be honest so it's that fine line of in the route of trying to avoid giving feedback that will upset somebody what they sometimes do is hold back from giving feedback altogether and that also isn't helpful because then you end up where you've gone through this whole 360 process and actually I've known it where there've been some really quite kind of sharp things that people then don't know what do I do with it because it's anonymous and it's that's somebody out there thinks this and I don't know who it is and I don't know why they've said that and I've got no way to actually find out anymore but I've also known it where they've been very just kind of surface level and nothing much has been said within it in which case it's a bit of a waste of using that process because then there's a lot of time and energy gone into it and actually how valuable has it been for people's development so I think yeah, it's about making sure that the culture and the the situation is right before you go into a 360 process. 
Yeah, and I think it, it. I think any feedback process is hard, isn't it? Because most companies will encourage feedback to a certain extent, and then it's. I know in the past when I was asked to give three hundred and sixty feedback to my manager, and I was really reluctant to put on. There was like three negative things and three positive things, and it was like, okay, we can do the positive things because positive things are easy, but then the negative things or the areas for improvement, as they were called. But it was a lot harder because you knew that whatever you put, they know it's going to be you. And it's almost like, do you have that conversation with them beforehand? Can you even have that conversation? Are they approachable? How will they take it? Will they know it's me? And all of this stuff. And I honestly, I used to dread it. And it, we used to do it every single quarter. And it used to, like, it used to give me sleepless nights because I'd be thinking, like, what is the best way to handle this? And I suppose like for most people, listeners, probably similar, isn't it? Like just thinking, oh, I'd rather not give that feedback. And it's, but then at the same time, as a manager, as a senior leader, I wanted feedback. I wanted people to give me feedback so that I knew what I was doing well, but also where it could improve. And then that's where you also need to take that feedback for what it is and not take it personally and think is there something constructive in here and I suppose when it's anonymous feedback it's harder isn't it it's almost like you would rather the person came up to you and spoke to you and gave you that feedback face to face so that you could understand where it's coming from and the tone of it and all of that kind of stuff as well yeah absolutely and that's the thing I think with 360 it is there's a lot to it and I think a lot of it often depends upon the skill as well of whoever facilitates the conversation and kind of almost how that process comes to a conclusion. So in an ideal world, you would have a situation where there aren't any surprises. What's coming up in 360 is stuff that has already been discussed. And actually, I've done it before as part of a senior leadership team, where what we did was we actually all initialed all our own comments. And we had that conversation between us before we went into it for exactly that reason, where we said do you know what, if we all commit to doing this, then we all know where those comments have come from. And what that means is that then if there are things that come up as a surprise or we don't really understand, then we can have that conversation with the individual. That worked really well. And it's unusual, I think, for that kind of culture to be in place where everybody involved feels okay with that so I'm not suggesting that should be routine necessarily but certainly for us and I think again going back to that psychological safety piece that was what we had that trust that we already had a picture of how people viewed us and what they thought our strengths were and what they thought we could improve on and so it wasn't that we were expecting anything new to come up in the 360 and therefore it was just natural for us because we had that psychological safety to be able to share those things honestly in that way. And I think that's the ideal, but yeah. it's not necessarily the norm. Yeah, and it's true as well. I know in the past, whenever anyone's given me feedback, I'm always open to, okay, thank you for that feedback, even if sometimes it can sting when you first hear it or, it, you know, it's not nice to receive constructive or negative feedback but I've always said right okay how do you think I could improve what do you think I need to do and 
for me, that kind of sometimes separates someone's opinion into actual feedback because anybody can give a throwaway comment like, I don't think you do this well or you could do this better. And it's, okay, how could I do that better? And I always ask that question, like how, if somebody, even now, like if someone says to me that you could do this better, how could I do this better? What would better look like for you right now? And then that gives me the opportunity to look at it and think okay could I do this better is there a smoother process is there a better way of dealing with things and then on the other side of that the negative feedback sometimes sometimes that can really sting but sometimes it can also be a wake-up call as well when somebody hits you with something and like you think I hadn't realized I was doing that or that was happening or people were feeling in that way and sometimes that's a real wake-up call that can just snap you back into okay let's just change that now because I'm sorry that you're feeling that way I think it can be really useful can it yeah and I as you were saying that it reminded me of early in my career I had an example where I had my performance review with my boss and I have always prided myself on being really customer service focused and customer centric and I remember him rating me lower for customer service and I was whoa hang on I'm really focused on the customer and I felt that I was but his point was that we'd had a complaint in that period that we were reviewing and that customer left with a negative impression and my argument was because of data protection I couldn't give them the information that they wanted and his argument back was you might not have been able to give them the information that you wanted but you should have been able to find a way to leave that customer with a positive impression before they left and that was a really good example of one that really stung for me at the time because I really valued customer service and I thought I was good at it but it really shifted my perspective of truly what could I have done? And I think there's a couple of things that meant that that feedback was really useful for me. And they're probably two of the fundamental principles that I would say is make sure that the feedback that you get is specific and that it has examples because that's when it becomes tangible and actionable. And when you're being trained to deliver feedback, they're the feedback principles that we always talk about make sure it's specific make sure that you use examples make sure it's about the behavior and not the personality and you can maximize the chances that the feedback you get is useful if you use language that directs or guides people to give you specific examples so I think your example that you gave of okay but how could I have done that better is a really good example of a response that will get you to something that you can act on rather than leave you wearing around in your head about what does this person mean by this what what are they actually thinking I disagree with them all of that kind of subjective stuff and kind of takes it to a thing of curiosity of okay what's prompted you to say that what examples can you give me what is there that you would expect to see or like to see differently so I think when you're wanting to get feedback that will help you to develop, you can really use that to your advantage because rather than say, you know, on I don't know, a report that you've done or a presentation that you've done, rather than say, have you got any feedback for me or what did you think, which is very general, 
then you can really think about what do you want? Was it about your delivery style? How do you think I delivered that particular presentation? How do you think I handled myself when questions were asked at the end? Were there any examples of things that you think I could have done better in that situation? And that will get you to a much more specific, tangible, actionable piece of feedback that you can use for your development rather than just giving people carte blanche to just tell you anything and everything that they think. Yeah, and I suppose that's where you're going to lean into getting really strategic about gathering that feedback, asking those questions and getting the feedback for the right things rather than if you ask somebody for general feedback, most of the time it will be an opinion because you haven't asked specifically. And if people aren't experiencing giving feedback or put the question back on you and say, which area would you like feedback in? If you, if, if that's not, if, if they're not experienced in that area, then the chances of them doing that are pretty slim. You hardly ever hear that. If you say to somebody, what did you think? Hardly anyone will say, which bit do you want me to feedback on? So it's definitely better to be strategic and ask those questions. And, you know, think about the, the areas that you do want to develop, because if you know you're already good in certain areas, but you need to develop in others, then just focus on the areas that you need to develop because you can't deal with everything at once. You just need to pick the real areas of focus and focus on those. And I suppose as well, one of the key things is that that fine line, isn't it, between asking for the feedback without it, letting it crush your confidence. So how would you advise doing that? And I think this in honesty is probably one of the things that often stops people from asking for feedback. And certainly I've been in that place where I really didn't want to ask for feedback because if you're so used to people giving you advice, opinions, all of that, it can feel overwhelming and it can also feel really risky. It feels you're inviting people to judge you or to give you their judgments and that can feel really hard. So I think the crucial thing is to keep it specific and ask people for examples. And the other thing, which I think is harder, is to really keep in mind the difference between people's opinions or advice and kind of what their intention is. Because what happens is, I think there will generally be certain people who you know want the best for you, they respect you, they like you, you work with those people first and ask them because that is less likely to feel hard to hear than it is if you go all in there and ask for feedback from someone who you don't know what their opinion is and it could go either way that somebody has already given an, a kind of opinion before. And I think the other thing I would say as well is just be mindful of when you are on the receiving end of feedback, if the feedback is basically telling you to do it more like they would do it or telling you to be more like them, that's a sign that it's an opinion. And that is not a sign that you necessarily need to act on it. It's a sign that there is a difference between you and that's okay. So people will often get things like you're too quiet, you're too loud, you're too this, you're too that. And often what that means that, you know, the <laughs> managers that will right, go through things with red pen and change words because it's not written the way that they would do it. 
that's not a sign that you should write more the way that they would do it or be louder because they said you're too quiet. That's feedback about your personality. Too loud, too quiet, too this, too that. And if it's about your personality, move on from it because personalities are different and unique and that is not helpful to start to try and act on that because all you're trying to do then going back to our discussion on the previous episode about confidence and masking it is you're chopping and changing trying to be more of what you think other people want you to be rather than being more of who you really are and that is a recipe for ruining your confidence so it's okay to acknowledge somebody can have that opinion they can think that you're too quiet but that doesn't mean you are too quiet. It's not an objective fact. And if they can, if you then want to, you can ask and make that more tangible and say, so what examples are there of when being too quiet has, in your view, been an issue for me? What would changing it, A, look like, and B, what would it deliver for me? What examples are there of times and places? Because... Anything that's relating to your personality is liable to crush your confidence. But if you can then translate to, okay, what's the intent behind this? If it's somebody that is giving me this and I think that they have got the right intent and they do want the best for me, but it still feels like it's damaging my confidence, then what you can do is start to explore some of that. Okay. And sometimes what that does is people are kind of like, well, actually, no, maybe that's not the case. Or they might be able to give you examples of where behaving in a way that currently isn't as natural to you because of your personality could be beneficial. Great. Then you've got something to work with. Yeah. And that's when feedback becomes really powerful, isn't it? Because when you can use it to identify your areas of improvement and develop your skills or develop new skills, that's when you're going to achieve more success in your career and your life generally, because so many times in life, as well as within your career, where people will offer feedback and opinions and you can question them further on it and and be more strategic. And it will make a massive difference because I think as well, it's a really good way of building authority as well. You know, when you are in a role and you're trying to raise your profile being able to request feedback and act on feedback and question feedback really it sets you apart doesn't it because not many people can do that could not agree with that more it I think that's another aspect potentially sometimes don't want to ask for feedback because they want to see again going back to masking want to seem as if they're already confident but when you truly are confident and you're okay in your own skin then asking for feedback feels less painful. So often when the people that do ask for feedback consistently, rather than coming across as having less credibility, actually come across as being the ones who have got that kind of grounded sense of confidence and self-esteem and they're okay with it. And I think especially the people to ask is your own team. When you're a leader or manager, being able to be, open with your team about I am not brilliant at everything I know that I'm not brilliant at everything what could I do better as your manager what else do you want to see from me what are examples of ways that previous managers have got the best out of you that I maybe haven't tapped into yet those are some examples of questions that 
you can use as a manager during one-to-ones or performance reviews. And if you're able to do that in a conversational way where somebody feels like they've got the time and space and that you're going to listen and act on what they say, that's incredibly powerful. And you then, rather than being a manager who is my way or the highway, instantly position yourself as someone who is, I want to make sure that I do the best by you as my team. And you can't really ask for more from your boss than that, can you? Yeah, exactly. And that really does show strength of leadership, doesn't it? And that is a real key part of being a great leader. There's so many things that make up being a great leader. And even if this is one area that you focus on, and get really good at asking for feedback and questioning that feedback, it will make such a difference and really will make you stand apart from the others, won't it? Like, you know, anytime you probably notice it now that we've talked about it on the podcast, you'll probably notice those leaders that do probe further on the feedback or will ask for the feedback initially and then probe further on it. And then you'll also notice more the people that just offer their opinions with absolutely no substance behind it and it'll be really interesting when you don't think of something for a while and then all of a sudden you hear about it and it comes up more and more and you're like oh and you you observe it from a totally different viewpoint and I absolutely love that and I think you're absolutely right people will see that happening in meetings discussions conversations and what have you and it'll be your little secret to smile to yourself as you're watching it happen and unfold in front of you but yeah I I guess that's probably the one thing I would want people to take from this is that getting feedback does not have to be painful because it the other thing to say that we haven't really delved into as yet is often when you get better at asking for feedback what you'll find is that you get more reassurance. And I think what holds people back is that fear like you were talking about of it could crush my confidence. But if you do it in the right way, more often than not, you'll get reassurance. You'll get people agreeing that, yes, that was really helpful or giving you examples of things that you've done well that you can then use to repeat that and to feel like you're on the same track. And I had a friend who was in very senior contract roles and was working with a client for quite a while and had this kind of real dearth of feedback, plucked up the courage and had this conversation and was, look, I'm feeling like I do not know, I do not get a sense at all of how you think I'm performing. And obviously, if you're in contract roles, then that your circumstances could change very quickly. Companies could just get rid of you if they don't feel you're doing a good job and the person was like we think you're amazing (laughs) that's why we haven't given you any feedback because there's nothing for you to improve on so often it can be a case of no news is good news and when you actually start to solicit and ask for feedback what you get is the reassurance that you didn't realize how much of an impact it would have but that can really feel good so I yeah definitely would encourage you as listeners to get out there and to just start with the conversational stuff start with when you get feedback asking people to be specific and give examples and find ways to do it and start small because it doesn't have to be a big thing where you go on this massive campaign to get every piece of feedback known to man you can start with some of those conversations like I say with your team of 
what else could I do with your boss? What else could I do to show you that I'm ready when the next opportunity comes along? And you'll start to then find that you get answers and you just get a much clearer picture of how you're performing, where you're going, what else you could be doing. And it doesn't bring, those fears don't come to life. So yeah, just start small and go with it. Yeah, amazing takeaways there. Even if you only do a couple of those things, it's going to make an absolute massive difference to your confidence around asking for feedback and will also make you better at giving feedback as well. And that brings us to the end of another episode. We hope you enjoyed it as much as we did and that it sparks new insights for you. And of course, we'd love to hear your thoughts, questions and suggestions for future episodes. Don't forget you can DM, DM us on any of our social platforms. And if you haven't already, please take a moment to rate, review and subscribe to our podcast on your favorite listening platforms. It really does help us to grow and reach new listeners. Plus, you'll be the first to know when new episodes are released. And we'll be back next week with another exciting episode.